All right, so let's go ahead and get started. Evan, if you want to, um, oh, it looks like you're in here, John, if you ever want to jump into, go ahead and uh, do that. So anyway, this first season has been um, interesting to say the least. I think everyone pretty much expected that it was going to be a struggle, early, you know, not just early on, but especially early on. Um, it's been kind of exactly that. They've been in games, but then they've lost some. They're currently 3-7, sitting at 13th in the Western Conference. So a lot of people are asking, okay, well, they're losing. Like, where are the, why is, uh, you know, the, the rookie, the lottery pick, not getting minutes? Why is Jack Landell not getting minutes? So I, I'm going to start with Jack, because Primo can have a tendency. Um, Landell was injured in, like, the final preseason game. I think it was a concussion. So he had to sit out of the Rockets game, uh, which Evan and I actually went to. And he missed a lot of time in training camp and everything. You don't just the one thing about the team and with his coaches, you're not just gonna be in the rotation. You kinda have to earn your spot in rotation. You've got that like corporate knowledge that we all hear about, but it's actually you know, something that is important, you know, that that you know, the, the players know the system. So Jack missed out on some valuable time. Really turn on the system, and, and I, you know, again, it's going to be kind of the case with Primo as well. I talked to players in the past who tell me it takes a year before they feel comfortable. Michael Finley said that, Anthony McDyess said that, and so Jock missed some valuable time. So it's it's one of those things where it's kind of hard to just put him in there just because. It's like you kind of have to be comfortable in the system, if not you look lost. I know a lot of us have talked about uh, Lonnie Walker in, in the past, and he always looked lost in there. Well, that's kind of what you're going to get. I mean. They can run simple screen roll type stuff, but that's not really what they're going to look to do. So I think it's just going to take time. Yeah, Jerry Banks has not looked great. I'll be the first to admit it. It seems like he's actually regressed somehow. I think I was talking to one of the guys on um, our part of the Slack, and I'm just like, Jerry Banks is like the Spurs version of like Jalen Smith. Like he's just like what he was never like Pro Bowl or All Star, but. It seems like he's regressed quite a bit, um, and a lot of times just seems out of place, and just gets bodied. Seems like he's just not where he seemed like he was in his development last year. I have not seen that next step or even kind of a return to that form. So, you know, that's why I think Dad's giving the minutes. Anyway, I want to open it up. Um, Ken, what are your thoughts on on Jack Landell and not getting any minutes so far? Hey. I mean, it, it's one of those things, you know, I've, I've been a Spurs fan since 1990. I'm, I'm 36 now, so I've seen I've seen the way players have come and gone. I've seen the way Pop has ran uh, the organization. I've also had a chance to talk to a lot of guys on the inside, Antonio Daniel, Kevin Brown. Uh, I've talked to Tony Parker's dad. Sometimes I was able to talk to Robert Ori about it as well. And it, it's, it's one of those things, just like you touched on, um, Coming into this organization as a player, you've got to understand that you're not going to just get minutes. You're not just going to see the floor. You've got to be able to show the coaching staff that you can fit in with what the scheme is for the offensive side. But then you've also got to show that you can lock down defensively and provide for that. But just as you touched on, I mean, he, he, he was hurt towards the end of preseason. I also think one of the things that we're looking at right now is is we've just got to we've got to be patient with it. This is the youngest team Pops had in, in his entire coaching career here in San Antonio, and you know 
he's got to find that right core that's going to be able to step out on the floor and and go from there. Now, the the one positive I will say that I saw when I went to the the Mavs game is his overall interaction on on the bench. He he's one of those guys where he's he seems like he's selfless. He doesn't care about getting his minutes, whatever he can do to contribute to help the team is what he's going to, to, to help the team. I, I would honestly see him get more because he's a stretch and, and, you know, in those crucial games. And that's one of the things that was mind boggling to me about the Mavs game was, you know, Boban was kicking our ass. And <laughs> while Thaddeus Young was giving us minutes and Drew Eubanks was giving us minutes, that wasn't my concern. Had we gave Landell some minutes throughout the night, granted, one nobody gonna stop Boban. He's seven six. You're not gonna stop a dude that's just that big and, and that skilled at his size. But Landell would have given us the opportunity to stretch the floor and pull Boban away from the bucket. So then that defensive presence wasn't there. Because keep in mind, Porzingis was Porzingis was out that game. Porzingis didn't play last week when when, when Dallas came here and we lost by one. Yeah, Maxi either. Yeah, exactly. Cleveland didn't play either. So had Landau came in, that would have give us, given us the stretch five. But here's an interesting thing about this whole situation. When, when you touched on Thaddeus Young giving us minutes and we were talking about that, I got, to, I got to the game about an hour early that night. And it gave me the opportunity to go in there. And when I tell you guys, I sat there and watched Thaddeus Young hit about five or six three-pointers without any issue. I know we don't like seeing big men shoot, but if we can get him to continue to give us the minutes he's given us and play the way he's playing, putting him and Landell on the floor at the same time just to give Jakob and Drew that rest, I think that could be a, a force coming off the bench, man. I, I really do. Interesting. I, I, I like that thought. It's almost like I can understand at some points, but at, when you're getting killed by – like it's like you said, that's a really good point. Boban was just there was no answer for him. Nobody could could stand for him, and he was just like any kind of rebound was coming his way, and he he seems to slim down a little bit or something. He looked like he has a great chip. So at that point, it's kind of like do you start going into like throwing things against the water, see what sticks mode, and and maybe give him some minutes, give draft appeals. If not, then I think it would it would be wise to like stick him in Austin and let him actually get some minutes over there. Evan, I'm sure you're a, you're a Jock Landell fan. What are your thoughts on him and his lack of minutes so far? Um, so a lot of people are forgetting that Jock Landell wasn't in the NBA from the get-go for a reason. Um, I, I hate to throw overalls and, like, uh, and like references to, like, maybe 2K, but there's a there's a lot of people that are high on jo- uh, high on Jock just because of his performance at the Olympics, his confidence, his ability to stretch the floor. Realistically, I know he's I, like I I can't say that he's like a whole tier above Drew, but there's a lot of things to his game that he needs to work on. And like you said, Michael, we he missed a lot of time in the in training camp. Um, mm-hmm. When you when you look at how Pop staggers his uh, his rotation and and his uh, his pieces. Jock was probably in the third uh, the third uh, team rotation with Primo, with Weisskamp, maybe with Aminu, uh, probably like Jordan Burns, people like that in Austin. But realistically, man, I I, I really want him to get more playing time, but it's not going to happen until Drew either gets hurt or until it's like evident. Like I'm talking maybe ten games in a row. <laughs> 
10 games in a row where it's like super, super evident that this man is, uh, as in Drew, is not the answer as a backup center. Um, I said a, a few times, Drew's really a, a, a power forward. He's 6'9". I want you to remember like maybe uh, 05, 06, Drew Gooden on the Cavs, that, that type of player. You know, it's he's not going to be a super... Uh, I mean, he, he does practice his three ball in pregame. He does obviously work on his own time, but he's not going to even, even attempt one. So when you think of that, and when you think of how Drew sat for, for years, he's been in the organization, knows the system. Think about what Pop has over the second unit in mind pregame, especially with uh, um, the, the I don't want to say the, um, uh, I don't want to compare him to Phil Jackson, but when you have a, 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 a old style, old, um, old style coach like, uh, like Coach Pop, he's going to look at the, uh, at the opponent and really, really uh, put in effort to try and see like how we can break some of these guys down, the matchups. And the rotations. Uh, our rotation has been everywhere with guys like Brent Forbes. He started off getting 15, 17 minutes. Now he's getting five. Uh, we've seen stuff like uh, Drew Eubanks uh, getting tw- uh, 25 minutes. Now he's down to 17, 16. With, uh, with Thaddeus Young still need to get moved with um, a lot of uh, tough teams we face so far. A lot of these uh, contending teams, uh, either out uh, with, the, with the Bucks. Uh, I can't really say the Lakers are a contending team, but we we've seen the uh, the five center Mavericks take advantage of us for having a lot of big men, and obviously, man, like when you think about it, yes, Pop should have made adjustments with with Aminu, not not Aminu, with maybe Lendell on on Boban, but how much more of a difference could he could he uh, created, especially with yeah. uh, with the lineups he had in mind? Maybe Lendell is probably going to get in when Zach uh, when Zach Collins comes back. That's uh, that's a, uh, a really stretched front court that'll allow a lot of uh, open lanes for for Lonnie, Devin, and then probably Derek will run that second unit and probably be the first guy out in the first. So obviously a lot of people are kind of just fringe on trusting Pop now. Maybe you should give the reins to somebody else, or at least the offensive uh, uh, and rotation esque type of uh, type of um, notion. But ideally, I, I, I trust him. This is the this is the goat coach we're talking about here, and if, and if you and if you really think that somebody who has who hasn't even played the NBA game, really like he this is an Olympic ball Euro style like ball, uh, it's it's gonna take a long time to him to get used to. It's more physical now. I'm not sure how much he weighs. I'm not sure what uh, he can try and produce on the sides of on on the lines of uh, some of these bigger centers if he can push him off the ball. But you're looking at a lot of Questions are going to be answered within three to four weeks. The the season has only been nine ten games for most teams, and they haven't figured anything out. So, give it some time, and then yeah, ready to move on. <clears throat> By the way, uh, I saw Daniel was in here and dropped out. He had requested, but yeah, if, if anybody wants to join, this isn't really just a. Um, we're doing this as a way to like have a conversation, get everybody involved. So, if you request to speak. I'll probably I'll either throw you on immediately or as soon as somebody else is done, we'll throw you in there because uh, we want to make sure that everybody gets a chance. Because again, like I said, it's not something where we're just going to try to like dictate or or be the entire uh, TLDS. But let's move on to Joshua Primo because obviously there's a lot of upside we see uh, in him, and obviously he can play with that first game with the Austin Spurs was not exactly I think what people. But honestly, the Austin Spurs struggled that night badly. They, they, I, I 
looked at the talent on both of these rosters, and uh, it seemed like it was stacked in Austin's favor, but then, you know, they ended up losing by 10 points. It was much worse than that, really. Uh, Primo ended up finishing with 14 points, um, had six assists. Did play a lot off the ball, more than I expected, but then, like, his three-point shot was not falling into 206. It's 512 on the field, which is okay, but I think a lot of people expected to see Josh Primo go, like, crazy 25 points or something like that, you know, um, and really uh, stand out a bit more. So, you know, the thing with, with uh, Primo, I think, is that a lot of people are saying, well, shouldn't he get Bryn Forbes minutes? And my point on that is, and it's not that I like Brent Forbes more than I like, you know, Primo. I actually think that Primo is a pretty exciting uh, prospect. But to me, it's like if you take him away from playing, playing like 30 minutes in Austin to play him 7 to 8 minutes in San Antonio, like, how does that help his development? And I know a lot of people think that the difference between San Antonio and Austin is such a huge difference where he'll develop with, with fewer minutes, but... They're playing in the same system that the, the coaches coach, you know, the, the same players. They're teaching them exactly what they'll do in San Antonio. For them to get more time to grasp that, I think, in Austin is a good thing. Now, if, if it was talking about getting up to, like, 15 minutes game, then it's like, okay, well, maybe then, then there's room for that. But I don't see that. I don't see Bryn getting crazy minutes like he did a few years ago. And... Um, so for him, for him to get very few minutes, I don't think there's a lot for his uh, for his development at all. So that's just one thing to think about. Obviously, he's got some talent. He can shoot the lights out. You know, when he's on, he's just, you know, he's got a quick release, and it's nice to see. But I also like that he was developing his uh, ball handling skills a little bit more there in Austin. Um, Evan, your thoughts on Pringle so far? I know, that, I know you're a big fan. You know, it's it's a um, it's a bittersweet feeling every single time when I defend Primo, and then when I have to remind people of how how he looked in the in the summer, and just overall like with his game, we never talked about um, how he's adjusting as the as a uh, a primary ball handler at the NBA speed, and when you analyze uh, his game. And when you recognize that he's always either been the man or had or had a like a set in stone role where he can thrive, Pop wants to make this man look good. Pop wants to make this man in the front office look like they made a great pick. Um, while that's not his first preference, he wants to make make sure he can develop um, his confidence and he can develop and turn into a combo guard, meaning that he can be a primary um, um, point guard and the second unit or a shooting guard, or necessarily a wing, dating back to Alabama, being a guy that comes off two or three screens, a Steph Curry type of uh, type of uh, backdoor screens uh, until open three. And, uh, and you know, Mike, at the game, uh, I, I noticed this. I'm, I'm probably sure uh, – I'm pretty sure I told you this. Uh, Primo didn't even warm up in the second half when he was going off, uh, when he yeah. was six for seven that game. Um, you know, I know those, they got some nice pregame, uh, warm-up jackets, you know, keep your, keep your arms ready, you know what I'm saying? But like, at the end of the day, like he's a very streaky shooter when he's on, like you said, he's on. And if it takes four or five games of him going off, dropping maybe like, uh, what JT Thor dropped, what, 30 something points, uh, Leandro ball, 25, these guys have been playing 
well, uh, together for a, minute, a couple months. They knew they're going to be on the swarm together. I'm talking about Charlotte G League team. <laughs> How many times? I, I mean, it's, it's been it's been twice. He's been down and back twice. But what yeah. what what will it take for uh, Damian Dotson, a guy who played for the Knicks, who actually got significant minutes for the Knicks a couple years ago? Him, Jordan Burns, a guy who's a really a really 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 good str- uh, scoring uh, point guard. Uh, to be his backup, um, to mesh together. Uh, Anthony Mathis had a couple of good games in the, in the G League bubble. I think it was like seven for seven, eight for eight. Um, that's for the Austin Spurs in general. It's going to take a long time for them to mesh. But I, I do feel like ideally when you, you when you look at, I want to say, like Primo's game as a whole, there's mm-hmm. no one you can compare him to in the NBA. Think about that. He's 18, yeah. and there's no one you can compare him to. I was saying Shea. I was saying Jamal Murray. I was saying maybe like an early um, – I don't want to say like Iman Shumpert, but this, get this. Ready? Primo's mm-hmm. wingspan is way bigger than uh, – I, 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 I really wish I knew on the top of my head what, what it was. I forgot. But he's, it's really long. He still needs to fill into his body. And while he's not going to be a shooting guard small forward, he's going to be bringing the ball up uh, – uh, starting the offense, this is something that uh, people need to re- uh, recognize. He needs the confidence to do. So get let him have that in Austin. Let him be a one, two, and a three, and recognize it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a couple months before we see him back in San Antonio, unless there's a couple injuries, and then everyone will be happy. So yeah, yeah. Uh, so Pneumo's wingspan six nine and a half, or six nine and a quarter, or something like that. So it, yeah, it's definitely crazy. And, and he's six six, and if he's getting. Developing ball handling skills, I mean, that just says a, a lot for, you know, what he's going to be capable of. I see a bunch of guys joined in. If you want to uh, jump in and give your thoughts on the topic, just request, and I'll add you in right now. Otherwise, we'll keep going. But, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to seeing how he does, you know, playing with uh, Austin because, you're right, I mean, the talent there, I mean, Dotson, to me, I, I thought was the one that was going to get that second 10-day contract. We talked about him. I'm sorry, not 10-day uh, the two-way contract, and I thought he was for sure get that, but I ended up going to um, geez, I can't even remember the guy's name. Oh, uh, Jamal Kikak. I went to him instead, but yeah, there's some there's some talent there. Uh, Holman looked really good in that first game, had 16 points, and I think they're playing their next game isn't until uh, the 14th, and they've got Mexico City coming up, so that should be interesting. I want to see how he goes in that game. And maybe, you know, if we can continue to see more and more growth there, um, then, you know, maybe it'll be something that's just undeniable. Uh, but at this point right now, I feel like he's better served staying there, learning, getting some support with those other young guys, and, um, you know, it could end up helping. So, anyway, let's see. So yeah, if anybody wants, again, if anybody wants to jump in, um, I see all you guys here. Uh, Bruno's in. And, oh, what's up, uh, uh, Eddie? We talk about talk to a lot on Twitter. We're talking about Primo, and I think we both kind of agree that right now it's like patience is kind of the the best uh, avenue. Don't kind of throw him into the. I would say I I do even think say the fire because you're looking at Bruno Flores minutes, which is like you know like I said eight minutes. I mean, you're not going to see a whole lot happen. And the one thing I think I have to use as an example is Derek White. His one year that he spent. In the G League with Austin, the after he played that season, I think they went to the finals. A lot of people were saying, "Well, see, this is the the, the player that he was, and he didn't play." And I'm just like, "No, 
use that player because of that entire year spent developing in the G League. When I saw him before that time, and after the time, he was a different player. He became a, a much more improved player, a much more competent player. So if that's kind of the template you follow, I mean, I think that's a good template for Primo, and I've seen other players do that as well. Um, you know, so other players have spent plenty of time down there, and I think it's it's just a it's a good thing for him. And then, you know, like I said, if it becomes undeniable, then, you know, obviously that's going to be something on pop. And I was talking to somebody the other day, and I was just like, I think if we're talking about the same thing in a few months after he's had a grasp of the system, after he's learned it, you know, and become more comfortable in it in Austin, and he's shown that, you know, he's able to really promote this level, then I think that's a different thing. But right now, it's early. Let's hold off. Let's not throw this rook into the fire so fast. But anyway, that's just, that's what I have to. Uh, that's my, I guess my thoughts on that. I said, like, uh, make sure to go check out um, Forever Toros. It's our Austin's first podcast. We kind of went over the uh, team for our preview, and uh, we'll continue to do that on either weekly or bi-weekly basis. Speaking of which, they just announced like their team name. I guess I guess they're like an off uh, a different name. Um, the Naros de Austin don't. It's like apparently in their release, the translation is the Austin Weirdos, and I guess it's maybe part of that whole Keep Austin Weird campaign. Logo looks pretty cool. The colors are very similar, obviously, to Fiesta colors, except for the orange. Uniforms look pretty good, so can't complain there. I think it's kind of interesting the way we've seen a lot of the San Antonio area or owns teams um, take on different identities or names. So that's kind of interesting. And I know the Rampage had done that at some point. The Missions did that. So uh, anyway, let's move on to a a quick preview. If you want to get a good preview of today's, of this week's games, actually, it's um, Rocky previewed the Sacramento game, the Mavs game, and the Lakers game. And this whole Mavericks thing, it's like three times in what, like two weeks is just like... So we get to see Boban <laughs> again. Anything stand out to you, Evan, about those three games coming up? I I I, I don't want to guarantee, but we're gonna have a losing record, especially after the next four games <laughs> uh, with uh, the two LA teams back to back. It we don't match well against, um, <laughs> frankly, anyone that doesn't have a couple riddled uh, stars. Out a couple, uh, our game against the Magic, Jonathan Isaac was out, Marco Foles was out. Um, a couple other guys are out top of my head. I can't remember, but uh, and with the Bucks, I believe it was Brooke Lopez. Uh, I think Drew Holiday was out, if I'm not mistaken, and someone else. I was against significant minutes as well. But realistically, like I said, um, it's going to be a, a tough uh, next next few weeks in general. And then we got the road trip coming up before you know it. So um, ideally, I, I I really wish I made a, a prediction against uh, every team so I can stick with it, but. Like I said, I'll, I'll go with one and three, maybe zero oh and four. The only reason why I'm I'm vouching for that and why I want want that to happen is solely because we're the bottom five in the league already. A lot of people are going to be counting this out, and then those calls for Thaddeus Young are going to be coming in. And you know, hey, it's if this guy doesn't want to be here, if a contender gets a a PJ Tucker or like a, some guy on the Celtics is out, you know, what I'm saying we'll we'll definitely have some room uh, for another prospect or a pick. So. Uh, that, that's interesting that you said PJ Tucker that they're not going to be 
uh, thinking about some things. But, you know, that, that Dallas game, it's like, can Jalen Brunson not play? I mean, this guy seems to go off every time. Uh, the last two games, he had like 19 and then 31. The last one, just, just going crazy, just burning uh, McDermott. Seems like he just got, unfortunately, got uh, switched on him a few times. It just got burned. Lucas, uh, obviously been Lucas this whole time. The last game when they were out, uh, Kleba and, oh gosh, Elk, uh, Porzingis, I thought, okay, they have a chance to take this win, and then Boban happened, and Jalen Brunson happened, so yeah, that was, that was tough. Um, looking at the Kings, I mean, I, I feel like that's could be a winnable game, <laughs> just because um, I think right now there are two solid players have been here, Swarms and De'Aaron Fox, but you've got Buddy that can shoot the ball, um, and Halburn's going to be a fun matchup for some of the guards, but still, I mean, they they have, I think, uh, Holmes is kind of like their main big, so that's somebody that you could see is manageable if, if Jacob's out, but the Lakers game, again, they it seemed like they could have won that game, then now... You know, I'm not sure whether, uh, you know, they're going to be completely healthy. It seems like they're dealing with injury problems so many times. I think uh, LeBron James is recovering from uh, abdominal injury. So that that's a tough one. And you look past that game to next week, and then you've got the Clippers, um, which you uh, talked about. And that's, those are, again, two games in L.A. Uh, pretty much. So that's going to be tough. It's on the road. And you've got those two coming up, second uh, merge row games right there. So it's going to get harder. And that Sacramento Kings, like I said, Sacramento Kings is winnable. Dallas Mavericks, you never know. But if they play the way they have been, it's going to be tough. Um, so anyway, that's just a, a, a look. Go check out fightersports.com. You can see a, a Rocky's full weekly preview. And then uh, next week, he'll, I guess we'll start off with the uh, Clippers one. So anyway, that, that's uh, a quick clip schedule. Evan, that's really all I have on the on the guest docket for um, this show this week. Is there anything else you wanted to touch on before we uh, close it up? Um, we got to we got to talk to Matt first um, and Noah. I just left, but oh, um, Noah's on here. I just saw that he uh, requested. Let me let me, let me uh, get him in here real quick. And no, you're good. Yeah. Noah, how's it going, man? Good, man. Uh-huh. Hey, hey, yeah, sorry. I was muted. I didn't want to interrupt or anything. You're good, man. Yeah, so I, I also thought, I don't know if this was a player who's really on the forefront of most people's minds, but I think Harrison Barnes could probably give the Spurs a lot of matchup nightmares there. He's their leading scorer this season, 50-43-86 splits, and he's you know he's one of their leading rebounders. He's moving the ball pretty well, not committing too many turnovers, and I don't know who guards a guy like Harrison Barnes as someone who's like a 3-4. Who, who can they throw at him to stop him? And then you also got to worry about De'Aaron Fox, like you said, and Tyrese Halliburton. I think that that game is probably not as winnable. Um, I think that's most people would assume just based off of the King's name, and they've yeah. been sort of a train wreck over the years. Very true. That's a good point. And it's funny because when uh, Rocky, when I was going over his article and he mentioned Harrison Barnes, I was like, really? And then I went and looked and I, I hadn't been catched the Kings too much and I saw what he's done. You're absolutely right. I mean, he could definitely be a problem, especially if you have to take uh, Kelton and put him on a four or something like that or 
a bigger guy, then then obviously you're going to have some trouble with uh, somebody like Kyrgios Martin, especially as well as he's played. Yeah, I mean, this team's definitely gotten better, it seems like. So, um, you know, how they're going to address that. I mean, it, it's, there's no easy game. There's a lot of uh, rough games coming up. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I just wanted to throw out the Harrison Barnes thing because, man, he's been, like, re- really good this season. I don't think he's going to sustain it over the entire year. De'Aaron Fox is at a slow start. Tyrese Halliburton's been pretty decent. But, you know, I, I don't know what that team looks like by the end of the season. We all know that they've been trying to move away from Buddy Hill over the last couple of years. It's a weird roster, so I think the Spurs could win. But I don't know. It just seems like a very weird matchup. But I'll let you guys get back to your thing. Thank you for uh, letting me come up here for a second. And uh, I'll definitely check out everything that y'all are doing at Project Spurs. Excellent. Make sure to go check out Noah's work at Counting the Rock as well. And if uh, you're not following him on Twitter, um, it's N underscore Maguire, and you can follow all of his stuff there. Um, what's up, Rudy? I see you in here, the radio guy. Look, and show us all up real quick. Any thoughts? Uh, Nick, you can uh, request to join. Um, get to see all of you guys here. Uh, anybody else uh, we missed, uh, Evan? Um, we got one more. Um, yeah, let's see. Uh, let's see. Um, okay. All right, the fadeaway. I think I I approved it. Yeah, I got it. It's good. All right, go for it. How you guys doing? Doing What's good. How about you? Man? Good, Evan. Good to see you again, man. Um, seems seems like we're always jumping on with Noah and Evan, so it's good to talk to you. I have a quick question for y'all. Um, I'm not thinking that Jock here is like the end-all, be-all that fixes everything. But when you see the shooting woes of Keldon Johnson and you see guys circling around the offense that always seem to collide with each other, would are we, are we now the mindset? And then you got Yak, who Yak's been amazing. But again, if you have... White, you can't find a shot. Lonnie is inconsistent. Yak is not a guy who shoots outside of the paint, and neither is Kellen, or he doesn't hit him anyway. Wouldn't it be? Wouldn't it make sense to throw in a, a floor spacing big just for the sake of opening the paint a bit more, so that we do when we do these pick and rolls, when we do these cuts and drives, are a bit more effective? Why? Why do y'all think Jock at twenty six years old? There's no development for him to do. He's at his. He's as good as he's ever going to be. Why do you think he hasn't received much time? Even when he did play, he showed pretty good flashes. I love the nickname. By the way, Evan, I'll let you uh, jump in first on this one. We, we, man, we talked about Calvin Johnson and the and the fluidity of this offense yesterday, and it's 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 pretty interesting. Uh, ideally, uh, like I said in green room uh, last night, there is only maybe two people on this team that have like stamped roles and then they're going to be there if we're a playoff team if we're competing and they're not going to be moved and that's that's dj and that's uh yaka Pertle. everyone else is still needs still needs to fill their role and figure out where exactly they need to uh be on this team uh devin vassell calvin johnson and lonnie walker while yes they're all their their wings if they're like i said like i said yesterday if they're combined as one they, they would look like a pretty damn good player but ideally, it's this is a season where you say, okay, we're going to give you extended minutes here. We're going to see you go against an uh, all-star caliber player here and show us what you can do. If you really want to be here, if you really want to showcase your abilities, if you really want to actually have someone like a front office, the front office, like a the staple of the NBA, believe in you and you're away from all the off-court antics, uh, all the uh, – 
all the uh, social media nonsense stuff. You can come in here and you can play, and we're going to give you as many chances, not as many chances as an as as average team, but we're going to give you enough. And Keldon earned that. I still think he can turn it around. I still think he's going to be here for the long run, at least for the next maybe a couple, uh, three or four seasons, uh, if you were to sign um, another contract. But ideally, this is going to be a lot that is going to be uh, answered over the next couple of weeks. And we're just going to have to see. I, I, I think that maybe in a couple of weeks, uh, before, especially before All Star break, we're gonna get a, um, a our clear answer of what Keldon Johnson is, and that was one of the big questions. People were saying he, he's a most improved player candidate over DJ over the summer, and I was like, you know what? Just because this guy's in the Olympics doesn't mean we need to just bandwagon and say a couple crazy things. So, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it on that. I, I'm I'm I think I'm I'm right there with you on that one. I mean, I think it, it's still, you know, he started off the season really hot, and then he's had some some points some low points as well because there's that game that uh, I can't remember who you're playing well back I think uh I think it might have been the Lakers I'm not sure but he couldn't get in and uh, late in the fourth quarter and overtime for whatever reason and so that was one thing where he was struggling in that game and he struggled from from time to time on a few games but it's just you know it seems like at some points he tries to force the offense a little when he goes in there um Sometimes he's been a little more patient, so I think it's just him trying to find his way uh, around this offense. We know what he can do defensively, but it, it's going to be something that we have to look out for uh, and know exactly what his identity or what his uh, contribution is going to be. Because it, it's uh, with a lot of players, it's not going to be a consistent night to night. We look at Devin Vassell, who's had a few good games here and there, but it's not something... You're going to see, I think, the most consistent player right now, obviously, is DJ. So, um, anyway, some interesting thoughts. I see Rocky, and then Rocky, you just talked about share preview. Rudy was in here for a little while. If you guys haven't, check out Sweep the League. It's a radio show on, I believe it's Sunday nights at 7, the or sponsor of. But anyway, so there's uh, a lot to talk about with this uh, with this team, and, and uh, it's going to be another night before we have a game. So, um, definitely some interesting things. I think we knew this season was going to be like a season of transition, and you know, if anything, you could see another top uh, draft pick come out of it. But then they've played some games where they look like maybe they're not going to be, you know, like a bottom ten team. So uh, it's just going to be one of those things that we have to just wait and see how this whole thing plays out. It's it's a long season, just a very short way of, uh, there so far. All right, any. I guess any last ones before we close out, if you want to request, go ahead and do that now. Uh, if not, we're probably going to get ready to close this out. We're about 35 minutes in. I don't see anyone. So, last thoughts, Evan, before we close? Uh, last thoughts. Look for Keldon Johnson to start taking more mid-range jumpers. Um, a lot of his drives turn into Euro steps that turn into complete nonsense as in throwing the ball to somebody that's not even open, forcing the ball into a corner uh, three that's in the, at, towards the end of the shot clock, a.k.a. Lonnie Walker, Devin Vassell. Uh, but realistically, um, I know that Coach Pop has seen and noticed a Keldon Johnson struggles. He'll be able to turn it around. And, uh, and, and realistically, until we see Zach Collins, until uh, maybe Thaddeus Young gets traded, we're not going to see great rotations. So look for 
us to get blown out, maybe by the Kings, maybe by the by the Mavericks again. <laughs> and uh, it's we got to start off fast. So if we're not we're not uh, we're not shooting well, we're not having a um, a good uh, a good system to start the start the game, good matchups. It's going to look pretty pretty ugly. So that's about it. Yeah. I think it's going to be interesting to keep an eye on those second and third quarters in these upcoming games because that seems to be the point where it seems like everything goes uh, backwards. So they're going to have to keep uh, an eye on that and try to fix that issue. Again, Austin games, uh, Evans covering Austin first here along with Aaron, Jonas, uh, John and I. And so they've got two games coming up against Mexico City, the November 14th and then November 18th. And that'll be really interesting to see Mexico City's got some talent. Uh, check that out, and also check out all the content on uh, ParticleFoods.com. Tomorrow you should have the uh, excerpt from the uh, Spurs segment on Super League, and uh, a few other things would be um, uh, a game preview as well. So thanks for joining, and again, we'll be back next week to um, talk about whatever's going on. Then <laughs> Maybe the record will look a little better. Uh, thanks a lot, guys. Yes, sir. Hey, thank you. You guys have a good one.